in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. Today, it's Canada, baby. Our guest is Jessica Morehouse, a sought-after money expert, accredited financial counselor, Canada, speaker, media personality, and host of the popular More Money podcast. Hello, Jessica. Where in Canada are you coming to us from? Toronto. Hey. Hey. <laughs> My... BFF goes there all the time because that's where her girlfriend lives. Oh, dope. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a decent city. I'm originally from Vancouver, so I always like to give a shout out to Vancouver. But Toronto's great. I've been here 10 years now. Oh, you crossed the country. Oh, yeah. And like literally me and my husband drove from Vancouver to Toronto and like sold all our stuff and had no jobs. And we're like, let's make a let's see if we can make it in Toronto. And yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> wow. I love. OK, yeah. So I wanted to start with that. There's a little bit in your bio about your journey, but I wanted to cut that so that I could hear it from you. So like, how did everything start for you money wise? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really started, I think, after I graduated university. So I went to university in Vancouver called Simon Fraser University and went to uh, did a film degree, super mm. employable and graduated mm -hmm. in 2009 and could not for life me find a job and have this useless <laughs> fine arts degree. And so I kind of, you know, worked a couple of different jobs in marketing until me and my husband going to get married. And we were just kind of like stagnating, we felt like in Vancouver and he works in music. And so we were thinking of, you know, doing something something different and staying in Canada, you've got some limited options in terms of, you know, bigger cities. And so we decided on Toronto and yeah, just just took the biggest risk of our lives at the time too. When you look back, you're like, oh yeah, that was a good time to go because we were like, I think 27, 28. So, and just starting our careers. And at that time I had also in my free time started a blog about personal finance and was kind of just self-educating and stuff like that. And when we got here and I started doing some freelance writing and stuff like that. And so when we got here, I was still trying to figure out what do I want to do? And again, floated around a few different jobs. And eventually after, you know, being frustrated with a bunch of jobs that just like, you know, trying to climb that corporate ladder just wasn't working out. I'm like, maybe the thing that I'm doing on my, you know, on the side, my free time, the financial, you know, at that time, I also had a podcast. Maybe I should try to make that 
my thing. And so mm-hmm. I've been now running my own financial education business for over seven years. I'm working on a book right now. And it, it's, it seems obvious now that I should have been doing this the whole time, but it took me a long time to figure that out. <laughs> Why were you interested in finance? I think I've always kind of been intrigued just because I came from a family where we money was always tight. And I'm like, I, I, you know, and you're always kind of looking at your your neighbors, your friends, you're like, why do they have more? Man, I, would my life be better if I had more? And so when I, you know, kind of got into the real world and started working and seeing my friends maybe earn higher incomes than me and spend money differently, I really wanted to to figure out how can I not be a broke student anymore? And so I, you know, read books, started, you know, discovering blogs, started my own blog. And it was so fascinating that people were talking about money and their income and their spending habits so openly. And then also we're talking about how, you know, it doesn't matter where you start, you can end up where you want to end up if you you know, just practice some really smart, you know, strategies and just like learn this stuff for yourself. And so that was really empowering and exciting to me because I'm like, oh, I always figured I'd always be in this spot where, you know, there's just enough, but don't expect anything more. And so that's what was kind of exciting to me to like, oh, you mean I could retire early. I could buy a home one day. I could achieve these things if I just kind of instill some of these best practices. Yeah. Well, okay. So you're an accredited financial counselor, Canada. So what is that? Yeah. What does that mean in Canada? Yeah, well, I mean, there's an American version, and that's kind of actually how I, I found out about the Canadian program. They're pretty similar, I think, just, you know, Canadian versus American. But it's a program where, you you know, I, I really liked it. And I'm, I'm also on my path to become a CFP as well now. But it was really great because it focused more on just like the foundational things that people need to know, and especially high focus on like credit and debt, which is usually people's biggest struggle with money. But also it had like that counseling side where, you know, there's a whole section on how to talk to people and how to, you know, walk people through kind of the more psychological aspects of it instead of just like, you know, the advice you hear all the time, like, you know, don't buy avocado toast and, you know, mm. debt is bad, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, well, it's deeper than that, though. <laughs> it's, it's more complex than that. And so that's what really drew me in. I'm like, ooh, that's great. And then then after doing that program, like, I want to continue learning more. Hence is why I'm doing this new path and, you know, writing a book that's more focused on the psychology of things and trauma and just all these influences. Because, yeah, the more I learn about money, the more I realize it's the problem is bigger than what we think it is. So that's, yeah, it's, it's, I know I'm never getting bored with money and I've been doing this for 11, 12 years now. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had, I've been doing this podcast since 2016 and I definitely have had backwards and forwards, mm-hmm. like, you know, very much, uh, okay, I'm not doing so well. Okay. I am doing well. Okay. I'm not doing so well, yeah. especially like now there's like a strike and a bunch of other things are happening at once in my industry. So yeah, it's just like, a total mess. But so you mentioned best practices. So what are like some of the beginning ones that you tell people? So so first off, totally understand the strike. Apparently my, my uncle who uh, lives up in Vancouver, works in the industry and he's not working. Same with his wife. So yeah, that sucks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's it's still okay. going on, man. I hope it, hope it gets better and it gets resolved. But in terms of the best practices, I mean, really, I like to think of because when people come to me, typically they're feeling overwhelmed. They feel really shame, like, you know, shameful, like they don't want to talk about it. It's you just feel all of the bad feelings, but you know, you need to get started. And so really, it's it's about first kind of unlocking why do we feel so bad? And how can we kind of overcome some of those things before we get to the practical side? Because if you're just going to tell someone, start a budget, you know, they're going to roll their eyes. They're like, yeah, I did. And it still didn't work, right? It's not that most people don't know this stuff or haven't tried. They've tried and it didn't work. And we need to figure out why is doing a simple budget, which is really helpful, why is that not working for you? And it could be a number of reasons. It could be you made it too complicated (laughs) and and there's too many annual tasks because there's so many different ways you can budget. You could do it by hand. You could do it on a spreadsheet. So maybe you need to find what's the best version for you. Maybe it's making your own version. But really, I think sometimes it's about like, okay, before we get to to the how-to practical stuff, let's kind of go into the the deeper stuff a little bit. And so when I do work with one-on-one clients, we kind of start talking about like, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, your family. How does how did money play a role in your life? How do you feel about money? Usually it's never 
never a good feeling. Usually it's like, well, I wish I had more of it. If I had more of it, I'd be X, Y, Z happier and, you know, more fulfilled and all this kind of stuff. And so really taking a look at what's your relationship with money look like now? What do you want it to look like in the future? And then we can start kind of piecing together, okay, how can we use money as a tool to get to where you want to be in life? And where do you want to be in life? What, what does that look like? A lot of people are just thinking about the here and now and they're, you know, and I get it depending on your situation. You're like, I just need to pay my rent, you know, or I'm not earning anything and I'm freaking out. And so like, okay, let's just focus on that. We don't have the capacity to think about future goals, retirement. No, that's too overwhelming. Let's focus on how can we earn a little bit of extra income? Cause maybe you're on strike. What can we do to kind of bridge that gap so you can have some breathing room and then slowly you can kind of add on and add on so you can kind of get to that next level. So let's talk about Canada. So what are the differences that you have noticed or that you I mean, you if you consume a lot of content about money, I assume mm-hmm. like you're running into largely US centric yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So is there stuff that you run into that you're like, what? <laughs> and like, what is the Canadian? You know, we just had Mr. Money Jar on and we talked about like the Royal Bank of England and the mm-hmm. English stock market and stuff. So yeah. like what's what's the deal in Canada? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between Canada and the U.S. because we are so closely linked. But and so so and we do get a lot of American content. That's why a lot of people come to me who are Canadian. They're like, this is great. But then they started talking about 401ks. We don't have that in Canada. And so there are lots of differences. Right. And so I'd say like just kind of broadly, the biggest differences come with how our financial system is regulated and and organized, uh, our tax rules and then our products. Those are kind of like the main things. But lots of the the big things like the, the how to's like, you know, make sure you're being smart with dead and things like that. That's all pretty much the same. But it's really like when you get to the particulars, that's when things work differently. So like an example, I only just recently discovered this about the US. So you can get a a mortgage and lock in a 30-year interest rate with a mortgage. You cannot do mm-hmm. that in Canada. We oh. have terms that are much shorter, which actually makes more logical sense. I'm almost like, I don't know how your system works where you can lock in 2% for 30 years. Like that's crazy. And I mm. mean, if we had that, everyone would lock in at the lowest interest rate possible, right? But here you, if you want to get a mortgage and we have variable and, and fixed rates, but if you've got a, a fixed rate, so it stays the same for that term, your options in terms of a, a term could be, it could be one, two, three, and five years. Okay. You can't do longer than a five year. And that's oh. because the, you know, they know that interest rates are going to fluctuate. They're going to go up and down. The bank is going to lose money if they know interest rates are going to be 5% in the future. If you lock in at 2%, they're losing money. And so you, yeah, so it's a bit different with that. Cause I remember I was talking to someone who had a bunch of rental properties. I'm like, Oh my gosh, are you worried about interest rates going up? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you're going to have to renew after a couple of years. And oh, I didn't realize they probably locked in for like 30 years. So that's like a yeah. big difference. Yeah. I mean, it depends on if you can get, if you can get that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, that is interesting. Cause you usually hear about there being so much more of a housing crisis in the U S but I think oh, there's a housing crisis here. Canada <laughs> is you. having a very big housing <laughs> crisis. Yeah, extremely big housing crisis. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen... I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something. And it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. 
Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible, and the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. Yeah, our interest rates are high and we're actually getting a, an announcement from our Bank of Canada. So that's our central bank that is possibly going to raise interest rates again tomorrow. People are freaking out. So we'll see what happens wow. on uh, September 6th. So so that's that's a big deal. But yeah, also, I mean, even just like real estate is very different here. I mean, not that I'm a real estate expert, but in terms of just cost of living and cost of, of owning, it's because, just you know, we've got a lot of land, but a lot of it's just ice or forest or something, you know, it's like you look at the map, you're like, oh, you know, how is it so different than America? It's like, it's just a different landscape. And so it's, it's, it's expensive to buy a home. Like in Toronto, I, I, I know sometimes I compare the price of a home in LA to Toronto. I'm like, they're the same price, but you can get a mansion in LA, whereas you can get like a bungalow here. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. What would, cause the houses in LA, like the ones that I run across are like one mil, two mil, like it's yeah. wild. Yeah, I live in Toronto and houses that are just like a one, uh, like maybe two, maybe three bedroom bungalow. So like a, you know, one level house, 1.5 mil. Right. Yeah. And you're like, cool. And it's like owned by some old lady who's lived there for 50 years and never renovated. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really wild. Wait, so, so you don't have 401ks? What do you have? 
So for our investment accounts, we've got a number of different, we call them registered accounts or unregistered. Registered means they're registered with our government. They offer some special tax efficiencies. And so the main two we have are the RRSP, Registered Retirement Savings Plan. So I think that's close to your 401k, except it's not specifically tied to an employer. Mm. So, and that's where, (laughs) this is where like we get into the weeds a little bit. It's like, but we do have a thing called the group RRSP that is offered by an employer. Not all employers have to, but it's kind of like a pension. And we do also have pensions like defined benefit, defined contribution pensions that are offered by employers, but you can have an RSP on your own. You can open it up with your bank, your financial institution, just do whatever you want and put cash in there, your investments in there, whatever, but they're not specifically have to be tied to an employer. And then we also have our TFSA or tax-free savings account, I think that might be close to your Roth IRA, where Mm -hmm. it's how the the tax implications are that you put in after-tax dollars, so you don't get a tax deduction. Like with your RRSP, you put in pre-tax dollars, you get a tax deduction. Your TFSA, you don't, but the money in there grows tax-free. So whenever you want to take it out, you don't pay any tax. So that's kind of a a really great thing about the TFSA. Okay, interesting. And then we have a new one, just to make things confusing, a new one that I learned a lot about because it's just like, great, let's make another account, make it really confusing for people called the FHSA. It's a first home savings account. However, there's a lot of rules that you can use this account and it's similar to an RSP and you don't necessarily have to use it to buy a home. You can actually just use it as another retirement account. Oh, the the government was trying to be like, hey, we're going to make housing more affordable by creating this new account. And if you're a first home, so if you've never owned a home, you can utilize this account and you could put in money and it can grow tax free as as long as you don't, you know, withdraw it. And then you get a tax deduction. So very similar to an RRSP. But if you choose that you use the account for, I think you can have it open for 15 years and you don't want to buy a home, then you can actually move it over to your RRSP and you actually get tactically more RRSP room because we also have like certain amount of room that we get every year. Right, right limit. So that just launched in April. So that's a lot of fun. People are very confused about that account because it's very new. Love it. Yeah, there are so many like tax advantage accounts that are just uh, spread out and you're like, okay, so this one allows for this and this one allows Mm -hmm. for this. And it's like a full-time job going through them. As you know, that's your (laughs) full-time job. Yeah. (laughs) What else is different? I know you mentioned a couple Mm -hmm. of other things. Like what else is, is different between Canada and the U.S.? I'd say definitely our different kind of comes to investing specifically or different platforms and products. So mm-hmm. I know in the U.S., I mean, I remember years ago when people were talking about, you know, index funds that was becoming more popular in the U.S. I think when most people talk about index funds, they're actually talking about index mutual funds. I know exchange traded funds, ETFs are becoming more popular, but for a long time, they were actually talking about index mutual funds. In Canada, we're pretty much always talking about index ETFs. So that's one other confusing thing because people are like, how do I buy an index mutual fund? Like, technically you can. They're not popular here and they're more expensive than an ETF. And also that's the other big difference between Canada and the U.S. Because the U.S. is so expansive, you have so many more institutions, there's more competition. Your prices are much lower on so many things, but especially like investment fees. So like some of the fees you pay are like so low compared to Canada. Canada has, for mutual funds especially, some of the highest MERs in the world. Like average is 2 to 2.5% on a mutual fund. That's crazy. Management expense ratio. So that's like the overall fee that you're paying for that fund. So if, for example, it is a, a percentage on your assets under management. So if you have a mutual fund and you've got $10,000 in there, the fee, the MER is 2%. No matter, let's say it earns 8%, they are going to take that 2% fee. So really your return is 6%. And in the US, you have much like, especially for your mutual funds, much lower fees compared to Canada. So that's like a big thing. We're paying a lot more over here for certain things that you guys have over there. Because there's, it's a smaller... I think, yeah, it's just there's more competition. And so it kind of drives the prices down on lots of those things. And and two, like the other thing that I noticed a number of years ago is you guys just have, because there's more competition, there's just more people, you have a lot more technology, a lot more fintech, and it takes us a lot longer to kind of adopt some of those things. And so you guys got robo-advisors way sooner than we did. You got, you know, Robinhood, that trading app that made it very economical for people to buy their own, you know, stocks and investments. It took us a while to get something similar. Like we've always had what we're called discount brokerages where you can, you know, buy and sell your own securities. But 
they're they're more like clunky and you have to be kind of savvy to know how they are. It takes a while to get like an app where you can do it really, you know, and also free of commissions. Whereas most of our, before we we got like something similar, we have something called Well Simple Trade here and a bunch of other companies that have then kind of followed suit. But when you got Robinhood, we had nothing like that where, oh, you can buy and sell whatever you want, no commissions, no, no trading fees. And like, oh, we're paying like $10 per trade. So there's a lot of things you're like, oh, we see what happens in the US. Maybe five years later, we'll get it. <laughs> why do we say index mutual funds and you guys are saying index ETFs? Like why, why is that a difference? Well, it's just, I think part of it was mutual funds because they've been more affordable in the US than there wasn't as a, a big push to get into ETFs. Again, ETFs are becoming a much more popular in the US now. But in Canada, so we actually, in Canada, fun fact, I think in 1999, we were the first country to, or yeah, we we came out with the ETF before the US. Yeah. So fun fact, Canada developed the ETF. And I think it's because they're just so, so much cheaper. Like, as an example, you can pay 2% on a mutual fund. You can get a comparative ETF for like 0.05% MER. And I know those percentages don't mean anything, but if you like put it into a, you know, MER calculator that exists, it could literally mean thousands of dollars you're saving just because of that fee, right? Like, or hundreds of thousands, depending on like how big your nest egg is. And so I think that could be a reason is really just, it comes down to the fees. They're just like, and they're more flexible. Like they're so easy to, to buy, whereas... If you want to buy a mutual fund, you have to work with a wealth management firm or a bank and talk to somebody. And it's just a whole thing. This way, you can just sign up with a discount brokerage and then you can just buy it on your own. Click, click, and you're you're ready to go. <laughs> what is the Canadian? Do you guys have a Canadian stock market? Oh, yeah. We've got the TSX. Well, we've got a lot of different exchanges, but the TSX is kind of the main one, the Toronto Stock Exchange. And so that's where you'll find kind of all of our big ones. And then there's more specific exchanges for like commodities or for like up and coming companies and things like that. But I'd say our TSX is like equivalent to your New York Stock Exchange. What are the big companies? Oh, gosh, I could probably look on. So so the other thing, too, is so, you know, when you hear about the, the term index, your mm-hmm. big indexes are like the Dow Jones, the S&P 500. Ours is the, <laughs> it's not very easy to remember, but the S&P TSX Composite Index, not as sexy, but okay. <laughs> it exists. A lot so of letters. Yeah, a lot of, but that's our index for like, this is what the overall Canadian stock market looks like in the big companies. And I say, I don't know off the top of my head what are like the top 10, but if you look, it's likely just going to be banks and utilities and gas companies. Uh, Mm -hmm. For a time, Shopify was number one, but that was more like during 2020 and the big kind of tech push and everyone was buying tech stocks and stuff. But I don't think it's in the top 10 anymore. Oh, yeah. Is Shopify a Canadian company? Yes. Yeah. Their head office is in Ottawa. It's a Canadian company. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free, videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories. And also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, And if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang. So I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know you've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. 
Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash badmoney. That's Chime.com slash badmoney. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. So I have another question, which is, you know, I think we view Canada as this place that is more progressive or more what I don't know. We have. (laughs) Yeah, we have the I we truly have the wrong idea. Well, you see, like Trump gets elected and we're all like, we're going to Canada. But it's like, you know, oh, you guys have health care. So we're going to Canada, although Mm. I've been taught by many Canadians in my life that that is a bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not. I mean, you know, it's funny. Canadians are like, oh, man, I'm going to move to Scandinavia. They got great health care there. <laughs> go to Sweden, go to Denmark. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we. I think there was like this buildup of, of Canada as being this like progressive haven for a hot second. And then I, a bunch of Canadians were go. like, yeah, no. <laughs> but so how is debt taken care of? in Can- like, are there a lot of programs and social services or? Like what's mm. the what's the deal over there? So, yeah, I mean, just even speaking about like the the big differences between Canada and and the U.S. with certain those things, it's and especially talking about like the the, progr- you know, progressiveness, depending there are pockets for sure. And I'm sure like in the U.S. there's pockets like I'm sure like L.A., New York City, lots of those other kind of cities are like very liberal, progressive. And, and that's really mm-hmm. cool in Canada. I'd say like Vancouver, like all the big cities like Vancouver, mm-hmm. Toronto, Montreal, not to say that other cities aren't. But in general, those that's where like politically you can you can look at the mm-hmm. elections and see like, OK, they're more left they're more right. 
state and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, middle of the country, the prairies are a little bit more conservative. And so depends on where you go. But in terms of like debt and, and stuff like that. So do, do you mean like consumer debt? So like what are if you're in consumer yeah, debt in Canada, what do or, you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you could just take care of it yourself. But in general, if you you need some help, You've got kind of two main options. You can see use uh, a nonprofit credit counseling service. And so a lot of people that become an accredited financial counselor like myself, they get that designation so they can be a credit counselor. And that's one way to kind of, you know, work with an individual, see what they can do, maybe talk to the creditors to see if you can make a plan, stuff like that. That's kind of like plan number one. But if you're in a situation where you're like, I really can't pay my debts. Like even if we make a plan, it's not going to happen. Then instead you'd go see what's called an insolvency trustee. And so they can either help you make a consumer proposal or go through bankruptcy. So I'm not sure how different that is from the U.S. What is a consumer proposal? So that's basically working with this agency and then they would talk with your the people you who have those debts that you have to pay and then you aren't able to your lenders and then they would basically propose hey we can't pay all $50,000 that they owe why don't we pay you back 20 and we're going to make a payment plan is that okay mm. so basically you kind of negotiate like they're negotiating on your behalf to be like you're not going to get 50,000 it's just not going to happen but how mm. about you take this percent is that okay and they're like yeah okay and so either then they you know take that from your pay directly or you make a payment plan are there rules for how like debt collectors are able to behave or are there, <laughs> there rules technically are but there's still they're very predatory i mean i was just okay, talking to someone to yeah, it's the same. It's uh, I was just talking to someone the other day and it was, yeah, some debt collector. They tried calling him a, a bunch and he's just like telling her, like, I just don't have the money. I can't afford this. And then they start, that's, you know, this one lender, they they or a collection agency started calling his family, his roommates, oh, his so friends. You're not supposed that is to be not able like to do I, that. it's not actually they shouldn't be able to do that. I'm not hundred percent sure if there is any law against it. So I think mm-hmm. they're they're kind of just using that gray area. But no, mm. they can be very predatory. And yeah, it's not it's not good. <laughs> it's okay, not good. similar to here. Yeah. Yeah. Your bio also mentioned student loans. Is that as big of an mm-hmm. issue in Canada? Do they oh, forgive yeah. them? What's going on? I, <laughs> I know I've been following uh, what's been going on in the U.S. and it seems I'm I'm I'm, I'm having a hard time following what's going on. <laughs> actually, it's but confusing. It's confusing because it keeps on getting changed. And oh, my gosh, it sounds awful. But yeah, no, it's a big, big problem. I think in general, average time it takes someone post-grad to pay off their student loans is 10 years, which is a long freaking time. Mm. And I think the average, it's probably between 20 to 30 thousand dollars, if not more. It depends on, I guess, what you go to school for. But so there's a couple different ways you can get student loans in Canada. So the the main way is to get provincial student loans. So we have states instead of provinces. And then mm-hmm. there's federal student loans. And usually you get a combination of those two. You basically go, you go through this portal, you apply, and then they approve you for a certain amount of provincial, a certain amount of federal. Now, if you're not eligible, because sometimes it's like, oh, you live at home and your parents make a lot of money or, you know, in our eyes, a lot of money, you're not going to get approved. So when I was going to university, I only applied for a student loan my last year, but mm-hmm. I think I tried my first year and I, I wasn't able to, I wasn't eligible and my parents did not earn that much money. Yeah, so I, it just was, too. I don't know. I don't know why. And so I had to get, I mean, thinking it just, I worked hard in high school, got some scholarships and just worked throughout university. But your other option, if you aren't eligible, is you can get private loans through financial institution. And that mm. could typically look like a student line of credit. Okay. Pretty similar to here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the really good thing here in Canada that just started because of the pandemic is, at least for federal student loans, they no longer, once you finish school, you do not have to pay any interest on the loan. So when you're paying it back, you're just paying principal. I don't know how long that's going to last. I'm sure at a certain point, especially if we get new party in government, Mm. that may change. But right now, that's a pretty good thing for, for people who are finishing school. Is that like a a, is student loan forgiveness something that young people talk about politically a lot? I think so. Maybe not as much as the U.S. Like, I think this (laughs) the the government changing this aspect of you don't have to pay interest has appeased a lot of people. Yeah. But when you guys were talking a lot about the forgiveness, we started talking a lot more about it. But we've never really had student loan forgiveness. There was I remember I had a friend who lived in New Brunswick. And so this was going back like 10 years ago when she was in school. But there was a program in the province of New Brunswick. There 
course, she got a portion of her loans forgiven. But that was like mm. specific provincial program no longer exists, unfortunately. But in general, there's never been, I don't think, any kind of forgiveness here. But that I think that's still in conversation. But I think a little less now because they kind of gave us a little little treat, a little something to <laughs> nibble on. <laughs> Wow. That's all we need is a real small yeah. little treat. Just give us a morsel and we're like, oh, wow, you actually gave us something. That's a that's a surprise. <laughs> so uh, just lip service. Well, your government right now is is a, a liberal government, no? It is a liberal government. Yeah. We still got Trudeau up there. Yeah. Since he like he's yeah, he's, he's, he's there until I don't know. It's we also don't have like politically, we do not have the same rules where, you know, your president can only do two terms. We don't have that. So I think he right, can be there I know. forever. People get elected <laughs> over and over again. If yeah. You keep voting him in, he could still be there. So we'll see. Wow. Yeah. That's funny because I was the person I was speaking to in the UK was like, oh, yeah, we change prime ministers like every three months. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. Jesus well, yeah, Christ. they do seem to do that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, I thought that was that was super funny. So also speaking of of my interview about England is I'm so curious in different countries about class divide. Mm. So like is there, you know, you're talking about Canada being pretty, pretty big and widespread and some of it is farmland and some of it is sort of uh, uninhabitable. And then there's these cities. So do you, is there like a, a huge class divide and is there a push for this sort of Canadian dream of getting out of your town and becoming wealthier? <laughs> like, how is that viewed? I mean, I'd say probably not on the same level as the states where, there's like the American dream. I mean, we have a sort of a, a version of that, but not it's I don't know. I was talking to someone about this a, a while ago. And it's like we one thing I, I think that maybe they were an immigrant here. And they're like, it was interesting to, to notice that Canadians are kind of in general as a culture less ambitious than Americans. And mm. I don't know whether that's because maybe we have less. I don't know. There's just we're ambitious, but not like Americans who are literally just all about money, hustle. Like this is like the view from a, a Canadian kind of perspective is like, wow, they're all about just like money, hustle, get it, get fame. Da, 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 da. And it's like we have that a little bit, but it's not <laughs> it's realistic. Like there's certain there's definitely a certain ceiling. Like, for instance, my husband works in music and we talk all the time about if he wanted to reach that that kind of pinnacle level in his career for what he does. Honestly, you'd have to move to Nashville or L.A. Like you can't right. do that in Canada. There's like a certain, there's a few people in Canada and a few, I mean, like there are quite a few people in Canada that are, that are making it. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get to that like Grammy level or like, you know, some of those people you're like, you, it's, it's really difficult to do that from Canada. And I, I, I don't know why that is, but it is what it is. Even for me, like, I love what I do and I feel like I'm pretty successful, but then I compare myself to certain Americans that do the same thing. And I'm like, I don't think I could ever get to that particular level if I were to stay here, but I also like yeah. it here. So it's okay. But there's a, there's a certain different, I think, mindset in terms of achievement and, you know, getting wealth and all this kind of stuff. There's, it's, it's not quite the same drive. I don't think that we have, but again, that's just like what I've seen in my vibe. Other people may, you know, have different ideas of that in Canada, but no, I think sometimes we view Canadians as quaint. Like we're like, look at them doing their little things. You know and what? it's also oh, maybe what? we're just happy doing it, though. You know, you're like much. Happier. I mean, a lot of the research I've been doing lately is about like money and happiness. And I think we have this idea. I mean, everyone, I think globally has this idea that more money will bring me happiness. But the data shows that is not true after a certain point. Right. You get to a certain mm -hmm. level of comfort. You're good. But then you're like, I need more. I need more. No more. And every time you get more, you're not any happier. So you have to keep on striving for more and you're just in this endless loop. Do you have Canadian billionaires? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Who <laughs> are they? As you guys, but we certainly have billionaires for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who are they? I mean, I don't know all of them, but I'd say probably all the owners of the grocery stores. <laughs> we got some big billionaires who own some grocery stores. There's grocery stores? Yeah, telecom companies and grocery stores. There's some families that own some of these companies and they're mega rich mega i mean rich. i guess it's like i guess we have like walmart and the walton like you know family yeah yeah like we've got i think the loblaws family owns these grocery stores called loblaws and a bunch of other things they also bought this kind of it was a pharmacy pharmacy called shoppers and now they own that and has a bunch of other stuff now and yeah they're definitely like probably the richest family in canada for sure and then of course there's oil like there's so right. much oil and like you know things like that oh yeah there's definitely some billionaires here for sure it was extremely funny in terms of like you were talking about Canadian music scene and my 
my best friend's girlfriend, who's also my friend, we there was like a TikTok thing that was like Canadian hit songs and yeah. they were playing them. And it was like, who, who do you recognize these songs? She knew all 10 of them yeah. and was jazzed when and me and my friend were like, what? And then mm-hmm. she was like, are you kidding me? This is the most famous song. <laughs> we were like, and me and my friend were like, is this fake? Are you fucking with us? Like, is this, are these songs fake? And she was like, no. She was like, you don't know Crabs in a Bucket? We you don't like, know Crabs in a Bucket? Oh, that's a big one. Absolutely not. That no. did come over to the US? Oh, that was a big one. My, my husband's met him actually. My, shoot, now I'm going to forget his name, but he was really big. Chaos. That's his name, Chaos. Oh, yes. It, no. That's a great song. That was huge for when it came out. It's still big. When you hear it on the radio, you're like, oh, yeah, Crabs in the Bucket. It's a good one. <laughs> We thought that she was pranking us with like fake music. We were like, no, come on. And and the people that are like famous Canadian actors, I always like, you know, like, oh, this this show, that's like a huge show. Like, well, they, some of them come over like Letterkenny. Well, that's the thing. And, like, it's like similar. That. It's like you want to make it. You want to be a really big actor. You're going to have to move to L.A. <laughs> yeah, it's so but funny. But there are certain Canadian actors that stay here and oh my gosh it's similar to like the UK I watch a lot of British TV and you can you can see all the actors hop to this show to this show you're like yep. oh I remember them from that same thing with Canada I'm like that guy's Canadian I know him because he's been in every fucking Canadian thing ever this one this one this one yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I I, t- I also watch a lot of British I'm fascinated by by people who are very famous in their country mm-hmm. and then not famous in the US like the UK tabloids like I'm obsessed because I it's it they're feels like crazy out there. The stuff they're allowed to somehow print. I'm like, is this like is this not a fake thing? This is real. Like <laughs> I know. I like I feel like it would be like reading like a Canadian tabloid. Like I feel like I it feels like a fake universe. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah, feels yeah, yeah. like and this is the very famous person. And I'm like, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no I idea do. who you're talking about. Yeah. I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> Um, which is like, I find that so fascinating and wonderful because it just makes me remember that the U.S. is not the only place. I know. And it's I, I mean, I get that, too, because like people say that about people who live in Toronto, like every like every city or every province, like oh, everyone in Toronto thinks they're the center of the universe. And it is sort of true. Once you get into the bubble, you're in the bubble and like a lot of big things happen in Toronto. And there's a lot of people that come out of Toronto and it's it's hard to not see there's a different perspective there's a different you know world out there but no I I I get that it's 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 pretty crazy but yeah I mean also too like a very Canadian thing to do is to uh, and there's so many like things and memes like this but there's it's it's very popular to like if you know there's oh that that guy's Canadian in that show to say it so like and we're very proud of who like we have like we've got Simu Liu from Barbie and you know but he actually started out in a Canadian show called Kim's Convenience. And then he blew up because he did that, that, you know, superhero movie. And we're like, oh, my God, he's ours. He's Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do that with Jewish people all the time. Yeah. I'm like, that's a Jew. That's a Jew. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah, it's very, that makes total sense. I mean, I think also like I was really enjoying, I because of the strike, I can't say exactly what it was, but mm. there was like, they were showing a, a Australian soap opera mm-hmm. that had both Margot Robbie and Chris Hemsworth in it. Mm-hmm. Or Liam Hemsworth maybe. 
That's oh, like that's their, their you can say wonders. it. I can't. Oh, but okay. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then that they're like, that's the like I watch. It'll be like a show where they'll be like, oh, this person is the the daughter of X, Y, and Z actor from the UK, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> they're like that's a nepo baby i'm like to whomst <laughs> to who i mean i'd probably know all those people i know way more i think about like uk tv and movies than what's going on in canada which is weird i'm just it's a weird obsession of mine i, no, I know i way love too much. it no i love it i used to be i th- we could probably talk about this off air but yeah, yeah there's a lot of people that i'm like you don't know that guy that guy's so famous anyway so i also i also wanted to talk about so you have a wealth building blueprint for canadians i do like, what are some of the things in there and how do you like make make it specific to Canada? Yeah. So, you know, I know it's kind of a joke now, but like every influencer has a course. But I was I was recognizing that a lot of my audience, honestly, I'd say probably 70 to 80 percent is Canadian. And even though like I have a variety of guests on my show, not just based in Canada and I don't just talk about Canadian things, I think people do tend to like, OK, but when against the nitty gritty, like I want to learn how to invest for my retirement and I'm Canadian. If I take a US, you know, Americans course, they're mm-hmm. probably not going to talk about some of the things that I need to know, such as like how to use my RRSP and the tax and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I built a course specifically about, you know, first going uh, on this uh, one investment strategy called passive investing. So that's really using index funds. So it really teaches you how to just follow the passive investing strategy, but it is very specific to Canadians. And how I'm able to do that is, you know, uh, for example, there's a part where I show you, okay, if you want to invest on your own, so not use an advisor, but, you know, do your own thing, you can use a robo advisor. It's an online platform, or you could do it on your own, which is called self-direct investing. Mm -hmm. And I can not just talk to you about it, I can show you because I can open up accounts with these platforms. I can make those trades. An American can't because they can't legally open up an account here. And so I can do these kind of specific things where it's like, here's me buying a share of this Canadian stock. Uh, Here's me opening up an account with a well simple and showing you how to choose your portfolio and all that stuff. I can do that because I have the accessibility to do that. And also just because of, you know, me also going the traditional route, becoming a CFP soon. I also have all of this, you know, education from the kind of financial industry. And so I can kind of talk to you as like, hey, I've been where you are, but also now I also know what they know. And now I can Mm -hmm. translate it for you and break it down so it's understandable with a Canadian lens. Do you have higher taxes on like millionaires and billionaires? Like, do you guys have the sort of thing that we're striving for here? Like a specific wealth tax? Yeah. I'm probably going to get this wrong. I I don't think so. We do have tax brackets and we do in general have higher taxes than you guys do. Because I feel like I saw something online, someone complaining about their tax rate. I'm like, oh, that's not that high compared to what we're paying. I'm like, that's not a big deal to us. But is that because you have healthcare? Yeah, I think largely we have higher taxes because we have more programs, you know. So like, for example, where do our tax dollars go? Healthcare for sure. And I'm not not to say that our healthcare system is perfect by any means. It's definitely a bit overcrowded and overstretched. And, you know, I mean, I've gone through three or four doctors in the last three years because they just leave. And sometimes it's leaving to another city or province. But sometimes these doctors are moving to the U.S. because they can make more money. And so, wow, yeah. It's not a perfect system. So I currently don't have a doctor, but that doesn't mean that I'm screwed. Like there are clinics that are free. And if I have to go to the hospital, I can go there and also don't have to pay any money. So, but again, nothing, not everything's covered as well. Like I care, you know, especially me being self-employed, if I wanted certain things covered and I don't have an employer, you know, health plan, Mm -hmm. then I have to either pay out of pocket or find a private health care plan for that. And so like, you know, I care, dental care, that's not covered. Dental care is now covered for certain people under a certain income level. So that just was Mm -hmm. introduced by the government. So that's good. But lots of things aren't covered. Prescriptions not covered. So lots of things like that. Interesting. So the view is that is that you guys have this amazing healthcare system because you don't go into debt by going to the hospital? Is that the big thing? I think that's the big thing. Like I see people post on like Instagram, especially like women, hey, I just gave birth and it cost fifty thousand dollars. Like, uh-huh. I'm sorry, what? We don't mm-hmm. have that. <laughs> we can go to the hospital, you know, get it done. Like one like TMI example is I went to, I had to get my IUD in surgically and I was terrified. I'm like, do I have to pay for this? They're like, no, you don't have to pay for this. And I'm like, good. Because it's like they, you know, I had to get there. They had to like knock me out, do the surgery. Mm-hmm. Then I was in the hospital. Like I was in the, there for maybe six or eight hours, but yeah. then I didn't get a bill or anything. Like that was covered. And wow. that probably would have cost, not that, you know, 
thousands of dollars. So, wow. so it's, it's, there's, there's good and bad, but it's not yeah. a perfect system by any means. No, I don't know. I'm on a tip because I, so because of the strike, I'm going to lose my health insurance on September 30th. Oh, yeah. So if you're listening to this, it might have already happened. And I'm trying to figure out, yeah, no, going back on, you know, covered California or yeah. something like that, which is going to raise my payment by probably like a hundred bucks, maybe more. Yeah. And like, that's a big chunk of change. $100 no, it's very month, bad. You know, it's extremely bad. Yeah. It's, uh, and like, you know, we say because of the strike, what we mean is because the the studios are not giving people what they are, are worth. But it is also like I'm like, OK, so a lot of stuff is happening all at once for me. And then I got the it was almost like one of those things where I like got the letter in the mail that was like, you're losing your health insurance. And I was like, sure, obviously, of course. What? Like, yeah, definitely. There, the, le, There's four or five bad things happening. Let's, yeah. let's add another one. <laughs> it always oh. happens all at once. Yeah. Oh, baby, let's add another one. Like that feeling you get where like so many bad things are happening that you're just like, yeah, add five more. What else? What else? Whatever. Can happen? I don't yeah, really I'm care. <laughs> I'm, exactly. I don't, this is not me asking the universe for more problems, by the way. But yeah, I was just like, sure, absolutely. So it's like, you know, you get this I idea of you really get to see like how precarious like, OK, this was really tied to my employment. And now it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And so it's yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I guess to, to close out, I wanted to ask, like, we see Canada as this sort of haven, but you've clearly talked about some stuff that is different. And so like if I'm an American person was like, my financial situation here sucks. I'm going to move to Canada. What do you say to that? <laughs> well, number one, grass is not always greener, right? Yeah. You know, there may be some things that you can get here that maybe are more difficult in the U.S. But also, I'd say probably in general, there's probably higher, depending on what you do, higher earning potential in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. Like depending on why you want to live. Like the reasons that me and my husband moved to Toronto is like, this is the place where we can make money. And we could not make this type of money if we stayed in Vancouver, which is like the second biggest city, right? you know? And it's incredibly expensive to live here. Again, depends on where you live. But if you want to live in a major city, I mean, I think rent for maybe one bedroom, I could get, be getting this wrong, but Toronto, I don't know. I, I'd assume 2,500 to three grand. Wow. Houses are a million bucks and they're pieces of crap. <laughs> you know, like oh it's like the, the cost of living here is outrageous. I think part of it is just because we are in a, a cost of living crisis, but it was expensive before the pandemic. And so there's, there's pros and cons. I think just like anywhere, it's like you can't just move somewhere because you feel like, oh, it's cheaper here because yeah. you have to move somewhere that you're actually going to really like. You want to make a community there and, you know, you got to stick it out because it's not, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, otherwise we'd all just move to Portugal because I feel like everyone's moving to Portugal. I've heard that everyone's <laughs> moving to Portugal. And then we got like a mail bag that was like please don't move to Portugal we're too full actually <laughs> it's like please stop using our resources and you know yeah it's, mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things that always kind of makes me feel so icky it's like I get it people want to maybe retire or live someplace with a lower cost of living but what are we are, is this just like kind of new colonialism a little bit? Like, are we, you know what I mean? Like, is are, are we just white people coming over and just like taking advantage and making it more expensive to people that were living there for centuries? Yes. Yeah, we, just, like, we love to do it. We love to colonialize. We've learned nothing from history. So why, why not just keep it going? <laughs> it worked out well for white people. What do we care? We're like, yeah, do it again. Oh gosh, I know, right? I think that's going to be... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like heavy colonialism and gentrification. And I don't know. Yeah, I, know. I mean, I'm not a politician, so I'm I can't fix anything other than just for, to be like, guys, I don't know. No, don't think do it. Of, think about it. <laughs> yeah. Think about the impact you're going to have on that decision you're going to make. You know, it's 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 a, it's complicated, man. I mean, that's the that's the thing. It's it's money and just doing the right thing and mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to how to make a living yourself where you are or should you move somewhere it is so nuanced and complicated so i definitely don't have the right <laughs> and tools if trump that, you know wins again i guess we're all coming to canada i mean at that point i think let's just start over with america maybe you know like let's pick your favorite states and we'll just make a new one you know <laughs> my mom wants to do that anyway thank you so much for joining us where can people find you and more about you Thanks so much for having me. You can find me at jessicamorehouse.com. My podcast is called The More Money Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Jessica I. Morehouse. It's just occurring to me that it's a pun. More money. Yeah. <laughs> so 
wow. so, so yeah, fun, weird story of where that all started, because that sounds obvious now, but it was not it wasn't really intentional or it sort of was. But the original blog name I had back in 2011, it was a name that my roommate came up with because it was based off the the song Mo Money, Mo Problems. She's like, it should uh-huh. be Mo Money, Mo Houses, you know, like your last name. I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then I shortened it to Mo Money. And then at a certain point, someone said you were appropriating and I'm like, oh, fair enough. Sure. I should change it. So I changed it to more money. <laughs> That's but really... now I'm like, oh, that probably should have been the name the whole time. Yeah, I never more thought. money. <laughs> yeah, more house. Well, that makes it seem like you're a real estate podcast. So maybe not. So many people ask me that. I'm like, yeah, we need to change this name. So yeah, more money. It's about like doing more, learning more, saving yeah. more, doing more with your money. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual. Produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Coco Lorenz. And music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.